0: Said I'm never the back with the We gon set them wait, 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 Hey, hey, <laughs> what's up? guys? Tom Kite here, Ultimate Men's Playbook Podcast. Today we're talking about strategies to fight hunger. I gotta tell you, it is four o'clock. I'm an hour and a half from normally having dinner. Dinner for me is Uh, On a Friday night, it's grilled chicken, it's pineapple, it's a bit of a side dish, it's a coffee later on. I go to bed early and I get a really good scale weight uh, in the next day for the official weigh-in. That's usually the case. For whatever reason, I've been putting in a little bit of extra work, want to get a little leaner, get that six-pack really sharpened up. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry because of the extra work. Tonight, we're going on a couple's date to the Hacienda Blue. Wicked food. Uh, the place is about five minutes away. I know what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a poke bowl. It's uh, something smaller on the menu. It's um, tuna fish. There's some rice. It's a Hawaiian dish. There's some fruits and veggies mixed in. It is fucking amazing. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to completely throw off my scale weight. Number one. Number two, dinner's at quote unquote 7.30. You know how it is with restaurants. When you get there, you don't start eating until like 8.15 by the time they bring the stuff out to you. I'm going to be super hungry, but hey, it is what it is. Here's some key observations about hunger that I've realized that's really going to help. It's really going to resonate with you. And then when you understand these and you apply these, you're going to have the edge when it comes down to, hey, you know what, I'm kind of feeling like I need to have something and maybe not the right choices. And then I'm going to give you some wicked strategies to help you overcome this situation And be who you really want to be, you know, that nice lean body, perform well, full of energy versus succumbing to food and having food as a weakness or an escape. Point number one, key observation number one is boredom. I know when I'm bored, I think about food. I think we all do at some point, right? But you notice when you're occupied, you know, you're on the computer, you're working on a project, you don't think about eating. It's like, you know, I'll pass, I'll eat later on. I mean, that's the way I am. So many people use food as an escape of sort or it's entertainment. So, you know, like tonight we're meeting up this couple. It's just so easy to go to a restaurant and indulge in food. And usually what happens when you go to a restaurant is you're not going to order the staple dinner that you normally have and pay like $25 for some grilled chicken. You're just not going to do that. So you try to order something fancy, you know, like what I'm doing with the with the poke bowl. Calories in check. Just want to add that. But the fact is when you're bored, a lot of people think about food. So I think the key here is when you're bored, come up with something else that's just as intriguing, just as much of an escape, but a more productive escape. That's the first observation. Number two, I find that sometimes I'm hungry when I really shouldn't be. Give the story one time, we were in Buffalo, New York. My son and I went to one of our favorite places. It's Texas Roadhouse. And it's quite an experience. You go in there. If you've know, if you been there, you know what I'm talking about. There's like peanut shells all over the floor. They give this wicked bread in a basket. You know, you ask for like seconds and thirds of this bread. And you're stuffed before your dinner comes. I usually get this big giant T-bone steak, like a 24-ounce. This baked potato with uh, marshmallows and cinnamon inside of it. usually get a salad with that. For whatever reason, a Diet Pepsi. All right. I mean, I'm far from a diet with my selection, but um, the point I'm trying to make here is my son and I, one time went out for dinner and I had this massive dish. And right afterwards I look at him and he goes, dad, what's the matter? I go, I'm fucking hungry. Holy shit. He says, dad, you just ate like 3000 calories there. How can you be hungry? I'm like, I don't know. I just am. So sometimes you're hungry when you really shouldn't be. What did I do after the restaurant? I said, let's go to Dairy Queen let's go get some ice cream. Let's go to McDonald's. Let's get a McFlurry. I don't know what I got, but I got something. And halfway through the ice cream, I'm like, I cannot believe how full I am. I'm stuffed. I feel sick to my stomach. My stomach is distended. I'm bloated. It might have been the pop and all that food. I was going to explode. But the fact is we've got these um, receptor sites that, you know, that indicate satiation and sometimes they don't kick in right of the way. So here I am eating 3000 calories. I could have I swear to you, had the exact same dinner again, right? When you wait a bit, things change and you're like, shit, man, I don't need the food. Number three, when I'm dehydrated, sometimes I mistake that thirst for hunger. If I were to chug down a couple of glasses of water, that hunger would be completely stopped, all right? How about you? You ever notice that when you're a little dehydrated, you mistake hunger for thirst and, you know, sorry, thirst for hunger when you're really just thirsty and if you had some kind of liquids there at the day you'd be fine number 4 certain cues set me off if i'm driving my car on a long trip i don't know what to do i just feel like i need to eat something i need to have some kind of munchies or something i don't know what it is like trail mix is the worst you go to costco when you got the m&ms and you got the seeds and and the nuts and it's like i could eat the whole bag on a long road trip, you know, going to Florida from Toronto, for example. Uh, bad move. Sitting in the living room and watching movies, I think that's synonymous with having popcorn. Almost everyone does it. So certain cues set you off. Number five, blood sugar levels. Sometimes on a Saturday, Saturday's my refuel, and I'll indulge in some carbs. And here's what I find if I have a bit of a junk fest and it's something like, let's say, ice cream, and a piece of cake. That's that's a shitload of carbs. What ends up happening is I get my sugar high. And then all of a sudden, a little bit later, my blood sugar drops. Now understand, with refuel, I've already eaten 3,000 calories. I shouldn't be hungry anymore. But for whatever reason, that blood sugar high followed by the blood sugar low, I'm craving carbs. It's like I need some pineapple. I need some candy. I need something. No, I don't. But my body senses that I've got this bit of a sugar low, I'm hypoglycemic. So what do you start doing? You start craving sugar, even though it makes absolutely no sense, you're stuffed. Okay, That's sometimes what happens with blood sugar levels. Number six, there's certain food that's high-cal, low-nutrient food versus food that's low-cal, high-nutrient food. Give an example. You could take something like a giant salad Okay, I'm not talking the one with the croutons and, you know, the, the, the little seeds, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about a basic salad, a really basic salad. You can have a massive bowl with some kind of light dressing, and you could spend the next 20 minutes eating that salad. And then by the end of it, because you've eaten so slow and the receptor sites have said that you're satiated and you're chewing on this thing for a while, you're kind of like, you know what, um, I'm not hungry. If you were given an arena to completely transform your body, your focus, your finances, and your family, would you take me up on it? Join the league. Leagueofelite.com. Then you've got the flip side. You take a look at a food that's low nutrient, high calorie food. So one of my favorite things is a apple fritter. Tim Hortons. If you're Canadian, you know Tim Hortons. They make wicked apple fritters. It takes me about If I try to savor it, probably about two minutes to eat it, it is so delicious, I'm licking my fingers afterwards, I think it's 350 calories. If somebody were to offer me a second apple fritter on a Saturday during a refuel day, I'd probably have another one. It would be gone in a minute and a half or two minutes and then once again, it'd be like, I'm still hungry. Why? Because there's no nutrients. There's no nutrient satisfaction in the body, okay? And you had super high calories, all right? So when you get a food that's high nutrient food versus something that's low nutrient food, the low nutrient food is going to keep you craving for the nutrients that you actually need that wasn't available in the food that you chose in the first place. So you're still craving food because you need those nutrients. That's huge. It's a key point. So, you could get away with, let's say, 1,000 calories of the most super nutrient dense foods and not be hungry. Or you could eat 3,000 calories with very little nutrient value and you're still hungry. So, the key is the nutrients. Observation number seven is mindset around dinners. You've got to walk in with a plan versus just eating. I know if I walk into, let's say, a Thanksgiving dinner, I know I'm going to have a plate of protein i'm gonna have a small side of some carbs i might load up with a salad just because there's some volume there and because it's mom's apple pie i'm probably going to have a small portion of apple pie but i'll tell you what i go in with a game plan i'll ask whoever's there hey what are you making just out of curiosity what are you making i don't think it's rude to ask that um especially if you have dietary considerations to ask I'm just really excited about you guys having ham or Turkey. Oh, we're having Turkey, right? And you listen for cues. If they're saying something like you got to try this fantastic rhubarb pie, then at least you're aware that you're going to have rhubarb pie um, presented to you. But the point is have a plan. Here's what people normally do. They usually say, fuck it. It's Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to have a second helping. I'm going to have a third helping. I'm going to have that second piece of apple pie. And, and things just don't work out. It's the same with buffet parties. Like I walk in with the mentality of, I'm gonna load up with water beforehand because I know I'm gonna be tempted. I'm a disciplined dude and I'm gonna stick with the plan, but I don't like looking at food and being tempted. So I'm gonna have, exactly, I'm gonna have a plan, I'm gonna get some protein, a little bit of a side salad. Even though I like this, 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 and this on the table, I'm gonna avoid it or maybe have a small, small little sampling of it. I'm gonna get my caloric total for that meal which might be 6, 7, 1,000 calories. And then what I'll do is, instead of alcohol, I'll have a diet pop. There's something about carbonated drinks. Um, I'm not a big fan of pop these days, but I know if I'm at a party, uh, rather than munching on some chips, have a couple of diet pops. Believe me, that fills you up big time, and then you win the day. Or at least you mitigate the damage from that day. So those are some key uh, observations that I've made. Let's talk about some strategies. So strategy number one, slow down. Slow down what you're eating. Eat like a food critic. If I've got a 14 ounce steak, that 14 ounce steak can be devoured. You gotta understand something. I grew up with two other brothers. We'd sit at the dinner table and there'd be a plate of meat, and I know this. If there were, let's say, six portions of steak on the table, not big pieces, Everyone would have the one piece, and there's one piece just there left. It's the final piece, all right? My dad wouldn't eat it. My mom wouldn't eat it. Now it's a competition between the three brothers, and it was who could eat their food the fastest so that you could grab that last piece afterwards, and that's how it was. We had constant battles over this thing, so I kind of learned that I needed to eat fast. I would just inhale my spaghetti. That's just the way I was. I never savored the food. It was just gone in like three minutes. And then I realized that if I ate like a food critic, you know, cut up the food nice and slowly, put it in my mouth mouth and actually chew on the food, taste the food, appreciate the food, savor it, and then have a sip of water then cut up my next piece and do the exact same thing versus just inhaling it, the experience was so much better. So point number one, strategy number one, slow down. And there's a reason for that. Satiation doesn't kick in right away. If you can slow down the process a bit, halfway through the meal, you're stuffed. Give an example. When they give me the food right away and I've got this giant plate full, chances are if I don't apply this strategy of eating like a critic, it's gone pretty quickly, even at a restaurant. Notice if you've ever gone to a Brazilian steakhouse, what they do is they bring these cuts of meat and they give you like one ounce at a time. So you eat that one ounce and you're waiting for the guy to spin around and offer the next cut of meat. But because you've had time to let your, um, your stomach feel this food and the receptor sites go off for satiation, the next time that person brings the second ounce of food, you're kind of like, okay, this was good. 7 ounces later, you're no longer hungry because the process took a while versus just inhaling those 7 ounces in like 3 minutes. So pretty cool about Brazilian restaurants. They know what they're doing. Slow down the service and people will eat less. But that's a really, really good hack. Slow down. The other hack is drink water before actually having dinner. It just fills you up, especially if you're super hungry. Today, that might be a strategy before going to this restaurant. Strategy number 2 smaller plates. It's all about psychology. If you've got a massive plate and you put a piece of meat on it and let's say a potato, for whatever reason psychologically, they're still white on the plate. There's still space on the plate. It's like, this is not enough. You take that same meal and put it on a tiny plate and you're like, okay, there's an abundance. I don't know what it is, but it works. All right. So uh, strategy number two is use smaller plates. I know it seems bizarre, it works. The other thing is, cut your food down into smaller pieces. It slows down the eating process. Notice why soups are so filling. It Takes a while to eat them, especially if they're hot. The other strategy I do is, I'll eat with a smaller spoon. So the process just takes longer. And I savor the the soup a little bit more versus just chugging it down, drinking it down, picking up the bowl and drinking it. I mean, have you ever heard of Lipton cup of soup? That's what you did, you put it in a cup and you drink it, right? So soups are so filling for that reason, you're slowing the process down. And the way you do that is with a smaller spoon. Number three, this is not the mechanical food eating thing. It's called regular sleep. Number three is getting into a regular sleep schedule because poor sleep or inconsistent bedtime and wake up messes with the circadian rhythm. And when you mess with the circadian rhythm, especially if you have a lack of sleep, your food's going to be off. Sleep properly and get rested. You haven't messed up that rhythm and chances are you're going to be better off with your food. So that's number three. Number four, learn how to manage stress. When you're stressed, what's your go-to? Is it ice cream? Is it chips? Is it popcorn? Or is it something more productive? I substitute that with something like this. Deep breathing. Sometimes works and I don't want to get meditative on you, but I sometimes do that. Um, Put on my headphones and listen to music and just surf Apple iTunes for some tunes and that helps me manage stress. Sometimes I'll go for a bike ride, get active, burn off some of those excess energy, uh, calories and uh, and sometimes just going into the hot tub and just soaking in the heat because it feels so good. All right, you've got to look for those substitutes when you're stressed. The worst thing is an irrational behavior. I'm stressed because I'm worried about XYZ and I'm eating ice cream to deal with it as a coping mechanism. It just makes no logical sense. All right. So what you want to do is slow down your breathing. Ever wonder why uh, people feel calmer after smoking a cigarette? I've I've never smoked, so I wouldn't know. But this is what I've heard. you got to understand nicotine is actually a stimulant. So why do they feel more relaxed after smoking? Because when you puff in that cigarette smoke, not the smoke, whatever, the, the the nicotine in the cigarette, you take a deep breath, you're like, and then you blow it out nice and slowly and makes that ring. I used to see my dad make these perfect rings of smoke. And what you've done is by smoking the way you're supposed to smoke, apparently, what you're doing is you're breathing in slowly and you're exhaling slowly. And it's a process of actually breathing in that manner that's what's calming. It's not the cigarette, because like I said, nicotine is a stimulant. So the point is, deep breathing, counting to 10 when you're pissed off, going into the hot tub, maybe training, listening to some music, getting a massage, it'll completely change how you deal with stress. It's got to be something productive. Otherwise, you're just going to be struggling throughout your life. You don't want to do that. Number five, hunger is not an emergency mindset. If you're hungry, trust me, your body will find fuel. It's amazing. You know, like here I am, I'm starving and and I got to go into the fridge and have an apple. All right. One apple, you really think a hundred calories is going to do it. Now just imagine this, imagine you're 40 pounds overweight. So that's 3,500 calories times 40, that's the equivalent of a whole Dallas Cowboy football team going into a buffet and each of them eating a 3,500 calorie meal, which is huge. All right. You've got 40 players eating 3,500 calories. All right. And you're going to, and the way, what I'm trying to say is that your body has 40 pounds worth of calories to draw upon. If you're doing nothing but sitting around, your body's going to find a way to get those nutrients and it's going to burn the fat that you already have existing. All right. 40 fucking pounds, a fucking buffet for the Dallas Cowboys, and you say that you're hungry and you need the apple, you need to chill out and let your body do its work and just feed itself. All right. So embrace the fat utilization. Embrace the fact that if you're hungry, it's a good thing. I remember Oprah's uh, trainer. I think his name was uh, Bob Green, maybe. He was saying embrace the hunger because you know that your fat is actually being utilized. And just accept it. You're getting leaner because you're hungry and you're showing resilience and patience and not grabbing for that apple or that bonbon. So really good strategy. Embrace hunger. Hunger is not an emergency mindset where you need to deal with it right away. Number six, prioritize protein. Every single meal you eat should have protein in it. Protein slows blood sugar absorption in the body. It regulates blood sugar. Um, It's more filling. It gives you a satiating effect, especially when you eat it a little bit slower. I always have protein in my meals. It just helps with digestion. It helps with satiation. And obviously, it's a basic building block of the body. Always have protein in every single meal. Number seven, drink plenty of water. We talked about this. It also helps with the oral fixation. If you're gonna drink two liters, 2.5 liters um, a day, chances are you're you're not gonna be thirsty anymore. You're gonna get the water that you need. And if you're bored, drink some water. I sometimes have some flavored water. Somebody recommended doing this. They get the pineapple core and they put it inside of their uh, water and what ends up happening is some of that pineapple taste just diffuses into the drink and you get this little bit of a pineapple drink. I thought, "Ah, I don't know about that. I tried it, it's actually pretty good. The same can be done with a lemon, same can be done with a lime. People put lime in their water, tastes nice. And just having that oral fixation of drinking something that tastes good really helps and it fills you up too. I know that when I drink coffee, especially a hot coffee, I'm sipping it, otherwise I'm gonna burn the roof of my mouth. That slows things down. So I'll have the coffee over the course of 10 minutes and kind of like, you know what? I don't feel like eating. The coffee did its trick. And, you know, we talked about popcorn earlier when you sit down in front of a movie. Nowadays, at 8 o'clock, I'm still thinking about food. I'm a human being. All right. I know that I can either think about food and, and resist and be pissed off, or I can think about food and have a coffee in its place. Enjoy the coffee which has very few calories and feel satisfied that I had something in front of the TV during that movie or TV show. So my wife and I have a coffee, watch something that's kind of like Amazing Race or Eco Challenge or whatever and have a coffee alongside and just kind of makes the night chilled out, makes the night good. Number eight, stick with solid foods. I do not drink my calories right a fruit shake you know it just you finish it quickly it gets broken down quickly it gets converted to glucose a lot quicker than something like a potato right and you end up being hungry afterwards I'd rather eat those fruits that are in the fruit shake now you take a look at some people you know that like alcohol Um, alcohol to me I mean I don't need alcohol to have a good time some people love the taste of it that's great but those are easy calories to consume and they add up, especially if you have two or three beers. I mean, and all of a sudden you know, 350, 400 calories and it didn't take too long to drink them. All right. So my advice to you is don't drink your calories. You're better off eating them. Number nine, stick with the meal structure. I don't care if it's intermittent fasting where you're having one or two meals a day or you've got three meals a day or you've got four meals a day. Whatever your schedule is, stick with it. Don't eat so outside of those windows. Those are your meals. Only eat during those times. All right, and there's there's a, a conscious competence in knowing that, hey, I'm not just grabbing something and eating it subconsciously because those calories do add up. All right, so consider them feedings. This is what you do. Every Every four to five hours, you're gonna have something. In between that, you're gonna hold off. Remember, you've got body fat that you have access to to feed your body, um, the energy it needs. All right. So don't eat outside of those windows. You do not need to snack. You're not a kid become more disciplined. Now, number 10, if you're going to snack as part of your plan, all right, like, you know, we're eating four meals a day, your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and you're going to have some kind of mini feed, AKA snack, then pick something worthwhile. That could be something like beef jerky. It could be uh, Greek yogurt, Uh, It's better than junk food. It's better than chips, all right? It's better than a Twinkie. Be a little more strategic with what you pick. You know, have something with protein in it. Um, Greek yogurt is a fantastic example. Again, smaller spoon, take your time eating it, savor it, enjoy it. Uh, So that's my uh, take and here's the final thoughts. The best thing you could do is have a structured food plan. Eat the proper amount of calories have the proper amount of protein. Select good, fun, healthy choices. Maybe a built-in refuel day for fun food one day a week and just execute that plan with the goal at the forefront of your mind, okay? The why is everything, all right? It's gotta be, that goal's gotta be bigger than the desire to eat and the satisfaction that comes with food. Knowing that you're already eating great food anyway and you do have a refuel. And what is that why? it's to be super healthy It's to perform at a high level to look amazing to inspire others and feel good about yourself mentally all right i'm not one to fat shame people are not fat they have fat on their body people are people some people have more fat than they should and that's unhealthy they got a lot of visceral fat around their organs that's not cool when i look at somebody and say you don't know, you need to lose weight i'm i'm trying to be really sincere in the fact that i don't want anything around my organs I want to live a long time. I want to live healthy. I don't want to be a burden to society. So to me, it's important to just get rid of that body fat. For me, another big scare is sleep apnea. I knew when I was a little bit heavier, people didn't know this, you know, you're lean for vanity reasons. No, I just don't want to die in the middle of the night. There's times where I just stopped breathing and it scared the fuck out of me. So I figured that if I got leaner, I wouldn't have these problems. And the reality is I didn't anymore. The moment I gained a little bit of weight, five, six more pounds, that shit happened again. All right. So what is it for you? All right. So as far as this fat shaming stuff, get healthy for you. And you don't need to have a six pack. You don't need to be ripped. But I think what's important is looking at yourself and saying, you know what? I really like what I see in the mirror. I respect myself. I do have some element of self-control. That's what you want. That's my point. Put the why ahead of you and use some of the strategies I taught you. Um, look at some of the observations as they apply to you and let's make a difference in getting you leaner and fighting hunger thank you for listening to this podcast subscribe share with your friends and be sure to check out the ultimate men's playbook available now at amazon.com